When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He will put the sheep at His right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me, was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, Depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Last winter, early spring, I heard Doug Marlett speak twice. Uh, once was at a benefit for Phillips Theological Seminary. Uh, the other was at a downtown meeting of the Tulsa Rotary Club. Uh, we are the eighth largest Rotary Club in the world. On both of these occasions, Doug Marlette talked about his political cartoons he was drawing for the Tulsa world, and he talked about the cartoon strip that he was drawing, which he called Kudzu. Doug Marlette said that he grew up in the southeastern part of the United States and that he knew a lot of arrogant, pompous, self-righteous preachers. So the key character in Kudzu is a preacher. One of those strips I cut out months ago that became even more significant when a few weeks after I heard Doug the second time, he was killed in an auto accident in Mississippi. Old Kudzu the preacher, is admiring a copy of Steeple magazine and saying to himself, if only I could make the cover of Steeple magazine. People who make the cover of Steeple magazine get a lot of respect. In the last frame, you see a copy of Steeple magazine in the bottom of a birdcage and a parrot perched on the little swing above it says, well, would you look at who's on the cover of Steeple Magazine? I thought that was appropriate for today for all of us who imagine ourselves to be the most important thing to be reminded with full certainty, no, we are not the most important thing. 
The most important thing is Almighty God who has chosen to reveal himself to us Gentiles in Jesus Christ. Fifty-two weeks ago, we started anticipating the coming of our Lord. And now, 52 weeks later, we celebrate Christ the King Sunday. Rejoice, the Lord is King. Let's take a look at this passage Matthew has written for us right near the end of his gospel. He begins by saying, When the Son of Man comes in his glory. When he comes in his glory. Many people go to Milano in Italy for several different reasons. It is a fashion capital of Western Europe. Some go to see Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper. Some go to see La Scala Opera House. They have lots of costumes worn through the ages by great women and men who've sung there. Some wax figures in their museum of some of the most illustrious performers. But there is another very fine museum in Milan. And one of the paintings that I saw that drew my attention was painted by Andrea Mateno. They believe it was about the year 1475. Think 17 years before Columbus sailed west looking for India. 1475, Andrea Mateno painted a picture that's called Cristo Morto, Christ Dead, or the Dead Christ. It's unlike any painting I've ever seen of the dead Jesus. In this one, Jesus is displayed on a morgue table. It looks marble. That would be natural in Italy. The marble is a light pink or rose-colored. Jesus' body is gray, ashen, uh, the color of death. The body has been washed. As you walk up to this painting, it's not large, about uh, two and a half feet uh, by two and a half. When you walk up to the painting, you're looking right at the bottom of Jesus' feet. He is lying on this morgue table. Uh, You see that his feet have been washed. There is no longer blood on them. There is a hole in the bottom of each one. Uh, As you look deeper into the painting, you see the hands of Jesus. Again, they've been washed, but you can see a hole in each one. There is no great amount of blood, none at all, on his side. He has been bathed and laid out properly on a morgue table. Uh, a drape across the lower part of his body. Uh, The Holy Mother is grieving up near his head. There is a person on either side of her, unidentified to us by the painter. Recently, this painting was highlighted in the Wall Street Journal, and the art critic said of it, what you see here is Jesus Christ as dead as dead can be. And I think that's right. That's what Montaigne is trying to show us. But we all know there was a Sunday morning that followed. That God raised Jesus from the dead. And today is a day to celebrate 
that fact when the Son of Man comes in His glory. Number two. A theme again in Matthew is there will be judgment. He has told us that sometimes great numbers of fish are caught in a net. You pull all the fish in. But there comes a time when those edible are separated from those inedible. You may have a field where wheat grows along with the tares. There comes a time when wheat must be separated from tares. You may bring into the barnyard both sheep and goats, but goats need more heat in the night than do sheep, so goats are separated from sheep. In this case, Matthew says, sheep go to the right, goats go to the left, because of the way they've lived their lives. Because of the way they've lived their lives. Some have seen a need among the marginalized, the poor, the destitute, and have tried desperately to meet that need. Others have not seen and have not acted. Dr. Robert Gorell is our new pastor of Church of the Servant, United Methodist Church in Oklahoma City. I like Robert's writing very much. Uh, some weeks ago, he was writing to his congregation about a Vietnam War veteran who came home from the war badly injured and was declared totally disabled. He has been receiving benefits uh, from the United States government ever since that time, but that recently he was notified by mail, supposedly his heirs were notified by mail, that since he had now died, there would be no more benefits. But he hadn't died. So he wrote a letter to the government saying, I haven't died, I'm still alive, please send my check. It didn't arrive the next month, so he made a phone call. Have you ever tried calling the government? I saw a New Yorker cartoon not long ago that a fellow on the telephone, he said, I'll be nice, please don't send me back to the menu. It tells you, punch this, punch that, punch this, and then you end up back at the beginning. Well, the phone call didn't work, so he called the local television station to see if they might could intervene for him. And when the reporter got out to his house to interview him, he said to this reporter, Have you ever tried to prove you're alive? It's really difficult to try to prove to somebody you're alive. When I read Dr. Gorell's story, I thought about today's text. Matthew's understanding is very clear. If you put yourself out for the well-being of someone who has even less, you're alive. Not only are you alive in the moment you give, you will be alive forever. You will be sent to the right, to the kingdom prepared for you. Number three. The title of the sermon comes from very clear indication here on Matthew's part that neither sheep nor goats recognize Jesus. Neither. Those who had done the right thing said, when did we see you in all these places? And those who had not done the right thing said, when did we see you and not minister to you, not take care of your needs? 
And this passage really is about seeing or not seeing. When we get to Isaiah next Sunday and the Sunday following, you'll see that here is a man in exile in Babylon. He's living with his people along a muddy little irrigation ditch, the Kabar Canal, and yet he sees more. He sees more than the average person sees. It's about being aware, alert, alive to what's going on. A few weeks ago, Gail and I, along with many of you, came to hear this great choir sing one Sunday evening. We had as many instrumentalists as we could place all down front here, some of the finest instrumentalists in northeastern Oklahoma. It was a superb evening. Really was a great experience. But every Sunday morning, I encourage you, when you're marking your hymn books to participate in all the service, note the words. I know Dr. Pensera looks very hard at the hymn book to try to find the words that say just the right thing. I'm amazed at how wonderfully well he picks the hymns. Um, all he has about the sermon is the text and the title. That's it. Text and title. And he comes up with these selections of hymns. And how wonderfully well the words coordinate with what I'm going to be saying in that sermon. So the other night when Gail and I sat down here, right on the, on the north side, uh, Gail was a percussionist and she likes percussion. And we had some new timpani that were being played for the first time that night. So we were sitting right down here close to the percussion section. But as we listened to one wonderful anthem after the other, there was one of them that spoke even more to me than the others. It was the one written by Glenn Rudolph. Little child whose bed is straw, take new longings in my heart. Bring the dream Isaiah saw, life redeemed from fang and claw. Lions and oxen will sleep in the hay. Leopards will join the lambs as they play. Wolves will be pastured with cows in the glade. Blood will not darken the earth that God made. Peace will pervade more than forest and field. God will transfigure the violence concealed deep in the heart and in systems of gain, ripe for the judgment the Lord will ordain. Nature reordered to match God's intent. Nations obeying the call to repent. All of creation completely restored, filled with the knowledge and love of the Lord. Little child whose bed is straw, Take new lodgings in my heart. Bring the dream Isaiah saw, life redeemed from fang and claw. Number four. Come, you blessed. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you before the foundations of the world. Ancient folk still believed the world was flat that there was water in all directions. If you went far enough north, south, east, or west, you came to water. They believed there was water all overhead because it was blue and it leaked through on them. They believed there was water all down below because if they dug far enough, they would come to water. They really imagined themselves as living in something like a modern-day Venice with pillars driven down in the muddy muck supporting the world. So even before the foundations of the world were plunged down into this muck to support life as we know it, 
God had established the kingdom. John in his gospel says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am there you may be also. Matthew says, That place was prepared before the foundations of the earth were set. It's been there. Come home, you blessed, to the kingdom prepared. Did you read Janet Pearson's column last weekend in the Tulsa World? Janet had been asked if she would help judge an essay contest of elementary school children right here in Tulsa. They were writing about the things for which they were most thankful. She said sure, she would be glad to be one of the judges, and she included some of the letters with the children's permission in her column last weekend. One little boy wrote, I'm thankful that my father is strong, that he has so much courage. But tomorrow is a really sad day because we take him to Sepulpa to go with others down to Texas and then to Iraq. One little boy wrote, I'm adopted. I really love my mother and father, my sister and brother. They are really nice to me. But maybe I'm most thankful for my mother's purple plate. She just has one purple plate, and she doesn't put it on the table every night. But when we get to the table and see the purple plate at somebody's chair, we cannot say the blessing or start to eat until everybody around the table says something nice to the person who has the purple plate. One little girl wrote about the leaves how beautiful they are in the fall of the year just before they fall. How blue the sky. How pretty a fresh fallen snow. And then she said, because I'm going blind. And before I get out of high school, they say, I will be blind. And all of these things, I must remember. I'm thankful that I've seen them so I can remember. One little boy wrote, I'm thankful for my aunt. She got married recently. He said, she let me go to her wedding, and I saw my daddy. I hadn't seen him in several years, he said. When I was five, he and my mother had a big fight, and he left. And I hadn't seen him since. I saw him at the party after the wedding. He didn't recognize me. I've grown a lot, he said, but I recognized him. I ran across the room and told him who I was, and he picked me up and squeezed me and twirled me around the room. I'm most thankful for my aunt who took me to her wedding. And one little boy wrote, I'm adopted. I was born in China, but my mother and father could not take care of me, and I was put in an orphanage. I'm told when I was about nine months, a man and woman came to get me from America, and they took me to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they have been so nice to me. I love my daddy very much, he said. But a few months ago, he got really sick, and now he died. So I will have to remember 
how wonderful my daddy was and what he tried to teach me when he was so sick. He said, sometimes life just is not fair. But you do the best you can every day and never, ever quit trusting God.